Hello and welcome to the Holtcast. Uh, we're back. Uh, sorry, it's been a while. I'm James Russian. I'm joined by Danny Raza. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well, James. I'm doing well. I am absolutely chilling. Uh, so, um, you know, been been up to quite a bit this week, I'd say. I have obviously progressed on a few personal projects, but also I'd say that the reason why I'm feeling great today is because I saw Cardiff get absolutely hammered yesterday by Derby. And uh, all I can say is take that Neil Warnock. Justice done. I feel uh, justice served. This is an Aston Villa podcast, by the way, but we have to consult the fact that the automatic promotion hopes, they're, they're, they're not dying, mate. Um, they should have died two weeks ago against Norwich. They should have died. But we're here talking about automatic promotion again, like it's going to happen. Um, of course, Aston Villa, if they want to go up in the fabled second place to the Premier League, along with Wolves at the first try, they need Fulham and Cardiff to not win any more games. A tough ask, but it's on. It's on, isn't it? Well, look, the chances of that happening are, are, are very low, but I, I suppose it's great or it's good at least that, that, the, that the hope is still alive, that, that there's still something to cling on. It means that, say, if things don't, well, do go our way this weekend, it means that uh, coming up for the final sort of couple of games, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. Now, there's a chance it happens. There is a chance. We're not out of it. But at the very least, what it means is we go into the automatic, well, we go into the playoffs as the form team. Uh, that that do not want to lose. Now, this is why we need to keep in our, keep our form up, regardless of what happens between Fulham and Cardiff. Uh, I mean, personally, like I said, I'm happy to keep seeing Cardiff lose, uh, and I would be even happier if Fulham lost as well. But uh, personally, I'm just happy that we're playing well. Let's just take this form into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, we've just got to stand there and uh, follow Villa's motto. We've got to be, if anything else, prepared to uh, take advantage. Uh, we've been given a real gift by that by that Derby and Cardiff result, mate. Because what it means is it, it just gives you that faintest, slightest bit of hope. And I mean, Fulham have to play Sunderland and Birmingham. You know, it's not, it's, it's going to be as easy as it can be for them to win out their last two games. No, I disagree with you, man. I, I'm disagreeing with you. Well, okay, so Sunderland will be a walkover, most likely. Uh, you would imagine with Fulham obviously competing for playoffs and Sunderland already going down. Uh, I mean... That there's a chance that that means that 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 it sort of, that Fulham could get complacent against against Sunderland. However, if previous games and form are to go on, Fulham don't get complacent. Now, as for Birmingham City, they could still be in the relegation battle, and that means that on the final game of the season, they're not going to be giving Fulham an acre of space. So there's a chance there that Birmingham City do us a favor because they have to. Yeah, of course, we're running out of games now, mate. We've got two games left mm. to uh, get the job done. Uh, Villa do need to win their next two games if uh, if we're going to go up at the first at the first time of asking if we're going to go up in the second place at automatic promotion spot and be done with our season when the regular league season ends. We need to win these next two games, otherwise oh, yeah. this conversation ends. Um, of course, we've got Derby coming. We'll preview that in a bit. But, mate, let's go to some Villa action because on the weekend... We fulfilled our promise and we beat Ipswich, mate. Um, we avenged Mick McCarthy, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. Like, we we set out the movie, you know, we hyped it up bigger than Infinity Wars. And we said that we we really wanted to do something for the fact that Mick McCarthy had been unfairly and unjustly sacrificed by Ipswich Town FC. 
uh and yeah of course villa were the avengers in 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 in, in that particular story uh i said that it would be four nil you you know were a little bit more uh what's the word um you you, you were a little bit more confident and said six one if i remember correctly uh i i'm happy to say that that my prediction came true but i'd say that james we were both correct in saying that that ipswich would get uh annihilated and annihilated they were without their manager mick mccarthy it was something special i really think it could have been 6-1 because ipswich had that glaring opportunity to score really early on and they of course cocked that up um it could have been 6-1 to us i think we did make we did make a fair few chances we really did make a good account of ourselves. And of course, when Grant Ward was sent off for Ipswich Town uh, for a, a quote-unquote tackle, I'm, I'm not sure about that, mate. His, uh, his challenge on Neil Taylor was awful. Did you see that? Grant Ward? Yeah, no, it was. It was bad. It was bad. I mean, uh, he's he's another one of those players as well who's you know stuck it out in the champ, uh, stuck it out in the Premier League as well. And you'd, ima- you'd imagine has a little bit more sense, but uh it was just that was just another example of how the players are probably going to lose their heads now because these are players who let's face it are not incredibly suited to the championship a lot of these players are probably more league one standard and uh, when they I mean some teams they react after a manager has been sacked very well um unfortunately for for Ipswich Town clearly they lost their heads um and Grant Ward was an example of that it was i i i, I can't I'm really struggling to put it into words how a player could think that's a good action to perform in a match because there's a certain point when you're so close to another player that you probably don't raise your foot that high. His foot was embedded in Neil Taylor's... I don't... I forgot was it his thigh or... It was his upper leg, at least. And it could have been very nasty. He looked around the knee and mm-hmm. uh, that's that was pretty bad, wasn't it? Uh, it's a straight red. I don't think... A, but even Villa's assistant manager probably said it, it wouldn't have been a yellow, even a yellow back in a day. But you can't put your foot that high and come in with that much momentum. That's I kind of, I kind of want to see the challenge again. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at the highlights of the game just so I can, just so I can look through it again. Um, give me one moment. So it seems like Neil Taylor's kind of yeah. So Neil Taylor's just trying to poke the ball out in the halfway line. There's a little bit of a few headers going on. Neil Taylor's stuck, you know, gone for it. He's kind of miscontrolled the ball just slightly and maybe just gone off balance. But at that moment when Neil Taylor already looks off balance, Grant Ward has essentially poked him right into his shin. Um, and that's the kind of challenge really which can break a player's ankle. Oh, yeah, no, it'll go straight through the leg as well. <laughs> it's not going to be nice. And uh, that's the type of tackle that I think being a pro- professional footballer, you'd know not to do I'm not sure where it comes from and I mean you can say what you want about it not being a dirty player I'm pretty sure Neil Taylor's done the same type of challenges if not worse but that is one of the stupidest and poorest challenges I've seen in a while and Neil Taylor was a villainized for it he was he was really getting getting a bad uh, a bad chorus of booze from the uh, the Ipswich Town fans but it happens so fast as well so like Grant Ward's kind of already turning around he's not really aware of his circ- uh, he's not really aware of his surroundings his, t- his his foot is already out and he's he's basically not made enough of an effort to, to 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 bring it back you know he's in that moment the adrenaline's got to him he's continued to go for that ball even though neil taylor's foot was in front of it um but as i say he was pivoting around it was a bit quick and i mean it was it was at a sort of angle as well where you would imagine ipswich town fans perhaps would not have been able to see it too well um either way stupid challenge uh, and he got himself sent off. And obviously, Ipswich 
weren't going to beat us with 11 men. Uh, they got hammered with 10 men. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was silly challenge by Grant Ward, but you know, we, we would have still have gone on to beat them. Let's get on to the goals, man. This is what everyone really wants to hear about. The goals, the goals, the goals. First one, Connor Hurahan, mate. Uh, Graban does all the work to set up the goal, but Connor Hurahan's position to tap this in after it bounces off a few things, namely a player and the post into his path. It's peak Connor Hurahan when he uh, has the support of people like Bjarnason and Whelan behind him. He can roam up the pitch and find himself in these intelligent positions. And uh, it's really good to see a man just manage, after all the bangers we've seen, this season, it's a nice tapping. It's appreciated. Yeah, man, we need to see more of these tappings because we we weren't scoring tappings earlier this season. Or our strikers were a little bit too nervous and a little bit too out of form to actually manage to to stick a simple ball into the back of the net. And uh, Graben is that kind of player who you know you just you just know. I mean, that that's, he just knows where the goal is, and and that that's the kind of that's the kind of goal that that helps him get onto these twenty twenty goals a season. Of course, that man scored uh, two goals, man. He was the right pantomime villain. Of course, he'd been, uh, he, he played a few years at Norwich, of course, Ipswich's rivals. So he was getting the booze. He was getting the stick. And he scored two pretty impressive goals. It was a really, a really classic display of centre forward play. Oh, sorry. I really I, enjoyed that. Who was it that scored the tap in? Sorry. It was Hurahan that scored sorry, the tap in. Yeah, no, I got confused there. It was Hurahan. No, Graben made the goal. Graben made the goal. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Um, yeah, sorry. Hurahans was the one that came straight off the post, wasn't it? He, he kind of he had a go at the goalkeeper, then it came off the post, and and Huran just kind of like touched it in. Messi, Messi, but you know, not Lionel. <laughs> but yeah, Luis Graben scored two proper classic goals as well to add to that. What do you think, make of those? That was it was really good. We've given him a bit of stick, mate, but he's really uh, put the good. He's really delivered. Do you know? Do you know in the movies where like you know they tried to show like a dramatized football scene of like. When, when somebody scores late on. So like yeah. somebody finds the striker, he's backing into the defender, he turns around and smashes it into the back of the net. That's what Graben did. You know, it was it was dramatic. It, it was simple, right? Play the ball to my feet. I'm going to turn the defender around. And like, you know, that's that's just perfect, man. It's, it looked exactly like the kind of goal that we used to see big man John Carew banging. None of our strikers are really comparison. like. You know, it's true though. Like, not, it's we, really good. We haven't had strong strikers over the last few years. You can do that. Closest we've probably come to it is Emil Heskey. Um, I still can't get over that comparison, mate. I think you're spot on, John Carew, Louis Graben. I can see, I can see, it. and the way he turns a player, uh, there's there's a certain majesty about watching him play. He's a destructive force when he's on his game, as I've said, and uh, watching him rifle the ball through the net from almost impossible, really acute angle angles. It's it's a delight to see. And he's chasing down that championship golden boot. He's got 19 goals, mate. Top scorer, Matej Vajra, has got 20. It's all to play for. What story really is all be, to play for. What story it would be for Grabana if he managed to obviously get that, that golden boot. But obviously start off at a season, uh, start off his season at a club which has gotten relegated, but then finish the season at a club which has got promoted. What I mean, I mean that that would be that would be big for him, and that'd be fantastic. The the irony is he probably still wouldn't make it in the Premier League, which is unfortunate. But uh, he's had so many chances there. He's he falls into that category of players which just managed to absolutely hammer the goals in all season in the champ in the Championship, but as soon as they get into the Premier League, something's missing, and I can't put my finger on what it is. Well, actually, I can. 
Um, okay. I've had a look Interested. into this, mate. No, yeah, this is definitely something. If you look at Louis Scraven's appearances, if you just look at the number of appearances, he's made about 30 Premier League appearances between Norwich and Bournemouth. However, he's only played just under 900 minutes of action, which is sporadically... Equivalent about 10 games. Yeah, exactly. That, that, what that says to me, mate, is last-minute substitutions. He's been brought on with 10 minutes to go to be an impact player. Now... And likely when the teams have been down and under pressure as well. Now... The impact player, the imp- because it's born with a normal impact substitution, isn't something that often happens anymore. You know, you used to have a super sub. Teams had super subs. That Carno made his name being it. Mate, Marlon Harewood. <laughs> exactly. We've got our own. That doesn't happen because teams don't play with two strikers anymore. So you usually have, you know, your your complete forward like your Jonathan Codger, who you'd rely on day in and day out to score goals. You don't. You can't yeah, bring yeah. on a super. I mean, if there's Olivier Giroud, he he counts as a super sub, I guess. But you, oh, it totally, doesn't yeah. really work. That tactic doesn't really work anymore. Well, it's because of obviously teams used to play four four two. You used to get kind of more direct play, but obviously ever since 2010 Barcelona, uh, teams have decided to obviously put a lot more of a stronghold on their midfield, which means that if you do suddenly go with two strikers up top, uh, you're essentially sacrificing a midfielder and you're just never going to get the ball up to them. That's essentially what's happened uh, by the looks of it. Unless Unless you're very, very good at playing down the wings, like Leicester City were, for example. Uh, so that's that's essentially what the issue is. Well, uh, yeah, enough waffle, man. He had a really good centre forward display against it. So keep that up, mate. Really, really good. Yeah, man, absolutely right. And also, you never know how good he could turn out to be because um, I'm just gonna put this out there, right? You know, it's the Muslim players who are who are coming out and winning winning Premier League Player of the Season now. Happened to Salah out of nowhere. Happened to Mares out of nowhere. Could what happen to Graben out of nowhere next season? Happened to didn't so Kante gonna... win and Golo Kante as well? Yeah, every single one of them. Mares, Kante, Salah. It's just come out of nowhere. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. I might upset a few people with that comment because a lot of people have been have been coming out and not realizing that people are just taking the mic a little bit. We're we're, we're not we're not being serious with this. I'm comments. here for it's just, it. It's just I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. But yeah, let's give him a chance. Let's see what happens. I think he's worth the money that Villa would spend on him. I think he's a good forward. He's what. It wouldn't cost much. It's what Gabby should have been, which is uh, upsetting. It's exactly the same type of player. Yeah, I mean, in his time, it's just that Gabby never finishes. So. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. And uh, Louis Graben, he never misses. He never seems to miss. Uh, a bit more, man. We've got one more goal to go through in that Ipswich match. It was a... Have you seen this? This is incredible, this goal. Um, it starts with Henry Lansbury on the midfield line and he kicks the ball. 50 yards left to uh, a rampage and Bjerke Bjarnason, who's now at left back, mate. Uh, he gets the ball and he clips it into the box to Henry Lansbury. It's the longest one-two I've ever seen in my life. Right. Let's. I'm, I'm going to rewatch. I'm going to rewatch this. This was right at the end, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. This is Villa's fourth goal. Comes. Yeah, that was comes it. from Henry Lansbury. Okay. So. Mad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was it was great as well to see those two linking up because they were both sort of known as Villa's forgotten midfielders at the start of the season. Now, Lansbury, we've barely seen him, but it seems to me that more often than not, when he has come on, he's managed to do something. His only issue is that sometimes when he starts, he, he goes totally missing. Um, it's just one, he's one of those players where you just do not know what you're going to get. 
Um, but yeah, it was a beautiful little cross as well. I think it's worth saying at the end that created that um, that created that header for Henry Lansbury. And you know what, man's got a pretty good games to goals ratio, I reckon. Yeah, I think he scored at least two, and I don't know if he's been in more than eight or nine matches. Pretty decent haul, especially when he's been you know a bit part player for Villa. And I think that's quite unfortunate. But we've uh, we have to pl- let me have a look. We have deployed Josh Onama as well in uh, his position. We'll come on to Josh Onama once you've seen the goal. And do you get what I mean? Long one two. No, no, I've seen the goal. It's a long one two, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a very long one two. <laughs> uh, Berkia Bjarnason as well. That that cross is just beautiful, man. It's a thing of beauty. Um, I just really want to see Henry Lansbury's stats actually. Right. Okay. I mean, look, this this is a good return, right? So he's started five games, right? And wait, when it, it says five and then four in brackets, that's five. So I'm assuming games that means five plus four substitutions. Yeah. So it's nine in total. Plus nine in total, right? Two goals and three assists. I mean, that's pretty good. That is pretty good when you think about it. It's just that he's got a pretty weak discipline and concentration sometimes, so he does go missing for the large part. But when it does come off, he's good at passing. You know, his pass percentage is pretty good. You know, he's close to 80. Um, he's obviously a very good finisher as well. And, you know, he, he's uh, he, he's ambitious as well. Likes to play the long balls, almost a bit like a Barry Bannon type player as well. Yeah, I like him. He, get, he gets into good positions. He's always uh, roving. He has evolved. He was crap at Villa last season. Um, he, he switched off. Um, he liked to stay at almost hanging around up front. It was the criticisms we had from Nottingham Forest fans who said, you know, Henry will never track back. And we see a different Henry Lansbury. We see a more mature Henry Lansbury. He got sent off earlier in the season. He hasn't featured due to injury. When he's come in, he's really done a really good job. And I think, you know, it says it all in his goals return and his assist return. But we'll go on to Josh Onama, mate, because if there's one man who's keeping Henry Lansbury out of that team due to, you know, rotation and squad death, it's Josh Onama, who has, in his mm. last two matches, come kicking on really far. And uh, if he keeps up, if he can bottle that performance against Ipswich, because against Leeds, he was very defensive. He was very, you know, battling the midfield, winning challenges. Against Ipswich, we saw a very different type of Onama where he was pinging passes around, around like it was almost like a pinball bumper just banging them across the pitch at will. And then we're finding their destination. And God, he was running through them. Really running through them. Yeah, he was, but they were down to 10 men. And I think they were they were out of it by then. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I think it's really, I really struggled to kind of make a massive case for any of the players for playing so well against Ipswich because it's almost an unknown. This is a team which should be performing worse than any other team in the league. And at the same time, they were down to 10 men. But having said that, I suppose it's good to see Onoma's movement. And it's, it's nice to see that he was still hungry despite our comfortable lead. Um, and yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. He's going to come good next season. I think whoever has him on loan next season is going to be very happy with him. I uh, can't see him once again getting starts at Spurs, but uh, I can definitely see him improving. He's, he's, he's developed a lot since he's been here. That's for sure. Would you keep him on loan at Villa next season if you had the opportunity, if, if not to buy? Not in the Premier League, no. Maybe in the Championship. In the Championship, definitely. But uh, if we get promoted, no. We need to. We really need to make sure that we've got the right sort of playmakers at our uh, at our club. You know, um, we need to obviously. I think we can. We can look in Europe again. You know, get another player of the mold of the like. I mean, look, look, look at the kind of players we were able to bring in before. We did. They didn't work out because of the system and obviously because of the fact that Villa had a very defeatist culture within the club. 
But if we can find midfielders like Gay and Veratu and get them right this time, that's what I want to see in the Premier League. Uh, Onoma on loan, at that point, no, we've got to start to really kind of advance as a club. And that means getting our own players together and making it. I mean, if I don't know if Tottenham would want him back, to be fair. And from what I've heard from Tottenham fans, they're not really keen on him. I don't know if that's mirrored by Pochettino or the Tottenham hierarchy. But if he's going for 10 million, mate, I think I'd take that. I really do. I'm not saying he'll be an instant impact, but there's a player there. No, listen, if we can get him permanently, I would absolutely bring him in. 100%. He's shown signs of something. People forget that he's only 20, 21 years old. Okay, and he's already looking like he's not afraid of anybody on the pitch. He's obviously got a lot of natural talent, right? He's got the similar sort of natural talent as Jack Grealish has, and people love Jack Grealish. Now, obviously, uh, Josh Honoma doesn't seem to be as effective as him, but there's a lot of similarities between him and Jack Grealish from a couple of years ago. You know, bear in mind, you know, Jack Grealish is probably the same age as him as well a couple of years ago. Uh, Honoma can develop big time. He's developed a lot since the start of the season and he looks a lot better in a team which is playing well. Now, I mean, granted, that's every player, I guess, but uh, the confidence in him and the tenacity that he shows and I'd say also the sheer sort of skill that he does show in link-up play, in passing, does to me suggest that there's a very good player in there. And if he's going for £10 million, we shouldn't try to miss, we shouldn't, we shouldn't miss out on him. Because he's going to go somewhere and be incredibly successful. I think if you want to finally, finally banish the demons of Fabian Dalf, Josh Onoma is the, the perfect man. He, uh, he does seem like a, a very young Fabian Dalf, And he does uh, seem to almost have the the best qualities of Villa's current crop. You know, he will lash in a long range shot. He will put his foot in and he will show off a few skills. He's almost like Jack Grealish plus kind of who ran plus Henry Lansbury. Plus BQB Arneson. Mm. He's almost the jack of all trades. And we, what we do forget is that he is 20. He's two years younger than Jack Grealish. You know, he's, yeah, he's yeah, only a exactly. year young, older than Callum O'Hare. So he's yeah, got yeah. a lot going for him. Yeah. You know, at 20 and what he's shown, so he has a lot going for him. And a lot of people say, yeah, you don't develop, why develop him over one of our own? But he's at a level higher at the moment than Villa's Academy stars. And I'm not saying he's better, but he's able to, you know, go onto the pitch and there's almost no drop-off. We have seen poor, poor matches, but I don't think I'll pick them out because Villa were performing in badly when he was performing badly. Look, and and in some games, he's come on and shown more energy as well. I remember in the Burton game in particular when he came on, he showed a lot of strength playing just behind the striker. Now, I did criticise him a lot, you know, at the and you know, at the, at the, I suppose, at the start of the season. And... I will 100% own up to that. Um, but he's shown us a lot more since then. And I think in particular behind the striker, he, he comes into his own just a little bit. He's got a lot of strength as well. You you forget he's actually quite tall. Uh, and he does he does tend to bully defenders sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is it. He can play in many positions. He can play in central midfield. Uh, he can play just behind the striker. He can't play up front. We've seen him play up front. That's not his position. And I don't particularly like him out wide, but he can do a job there too. So when I have seen him come on as a substitute over the last few games, he has looked good. If Spurs are selling, I think we're buying then, mate. 
if that's true. And uh, of course, we'll have to uh, sort out a deal for Robert Snodgrass as well. But I think there'll be the money there to do both, if available. And of course, Sam Johnson as well. Um, we our shopping list is already completed, and John Terry. So we've got <laughs> the money's already spent, almost, isn't it? If we get promoted. Yeah, but if we don't get promoted, then oh, woo. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to get Onomar <laughs> on loan again. We'll have to get John Terry to take a massive pay cut. We'll have to ask West Ham very nicely if they'll loan us Robert Snodgrass with a view to definitely buying, buying him at the end of the season. There's a lot of difficulty there and there's a lot of begging that's going to have to go on next season. But hopefully we don't have that conversation. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully we... I mean, there's always the chance that... It's always the chance that Moyes doesn't want to doesn't want to let Snodgrass go, and we end up with Scott Arfield. No, we're going to have to beg so. if if West because I think West Ham are <laughs> looking to you know reevaluate the position with Snodgrass at the end of the season, especially when it comes to Moyes. He wants to see what type of player he's got, so we would really have to uh, make our case to uh, take him on loan again. Yeah, bear in mind, Gold David Gold has obviously come out and said that he wants to give David Moyes a little bit more. Uh, well, what's the word? A, a little bit more independence in the transfer market because, admittedly, he's got stuff wrong. Uh, not the first time, of course. Not at the first club either. Yeah, of course. So if Villa want to uh, actually go shopping this summer, they're going to have to get promoted. And the big that takes a big step forward if uh, Villa can beat Derby on Saturday, mate. If uh, Villa can beat Absolutely. Derby on Saturday at 3pm, it's not on TV. Um, so it's not on Sky or anything, but uh, if you head down, you'll have, you'll also also have no luck because it's a sellout. Oh, can I just say something about that as well? Right, ticket touts are absolute scum. Okay, don't like I I some I saw something earlier on Twitter where essentially somebody was reselling tickets for seventy five pounds. Don't do that, right? Don't take advantage of people like that. You know, there's people who really want to go to the game. It's the last game of the season. Some people aren't season ticket holders because some people can't afford to be. Some people obviously pick and choose which games to go to. But if you have no intention of going to the game, if you have no intention of enjoying uh, that position at Villa Park where there's going to be a great atmosphere, a great family atmosphere, then do not buy tickets to sell on to people. I just had to make my case over there. I just had to say that. Uh, because somebody was selling tickets for £75 and I just thought it was disgraceful. Not right. To the Villa game? Yep. yep. Oh my God. Don't buy them. Yeah. Don't buy them at all. No, don't reward that. No, um, sell, sell them for, for asking price. No, £75 is madness. That is uh, completely insane. But it is a big match. Oh, I know, it's it mad. is a big match, mate. Um, if Villa win and results go their way, it is looking like the fight for second place will come down to a final day and madness does happen in the final day. If Villa's dream ends on Saturday, so be it. But if it goes to the final day, that's when we start thinking, hey, this can happen. Yeah, well, you know, that's when, that's when obviously you still need results to go our way. Uh, but yeah, it could happen. You never know. You never know. We got lucky in 1981, didn't we? When Arsenal lost on the final day of the season. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, you, you, you never know. You never know. Uh, yeah, this this weekend, uh, obviously, we've got the promote, we've got the penultimate weekend, then we've got the weekend after. Uh, let's hope Sunderland do something useful this season. It's uh, it's going to be a tough one because we've never been really in this position where we have been focusing on matches at Aston Villa. Like even when we were fighting relegation, I don't think we were too particularly concerned about 
the form of other teams because we were safe weeks and weeks usually before the season ended we'd be safe from from 35 games out of 38 you know we're free to go we'd have nothing mm. to play for usually on the end of the season so it's quite weird for sure. us to have something to play for or something to fight for and i think that's a, it's seriously now i think that's an environment where villa will thrive yeah, no, I think I think the players will they 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 will they will rise up for it. They they absolutely will rise up for it. I think that the games obviously where they haven't done well are the games where they've been complacent uh, because they thought that they've had it sorted. But now they don't have it sorted. They are the team on the back foot. Now that could work well for us so long as Cardiff and Fulham bottle it. Now we don't know if they're going to. They probably won't. I certainly don't think Fulham will. Uh, Cardiff, perhaps. Who knows? They have been bottling it. Uh, but Derby, I have to say, are a team who have been in pretty poor form uh, apart from the the game against Cardiff. This is a team that lost to Middlesbrough, lost 3-1 to Burton Albion, and also did lose 2-0 to Wolverhampton Wanderers before that, which you can't blame them for. But Gary Rowett obviously has had them uh, playing well sometimes. So uh, you never know which Derby County is going to turn up that, that kind of team. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're here and there. They are, they're, they've rolled over a lot for teams in our recent weeks, but they come out swinging against Cardiff. And I, I do think Villa will, cl- will clatter them. They're not, they aren't that good. Defensively, they're good, though. Defensively, they're good. Like, Curtis Davis has been a real, real standout player for them this season. He's been incredible for them. I think he wins something like 6.2 aerial duels per game, uh, from what I, uh, from what I'm reading on who scored. Uh, he's also uh, won eight man of the matches this season. Now, that's staggering when you think about it. Uh, I think when you consider that, I think Mohamed Salah has got something like the same for, for Liverpool this season. Um, and obviously, Richard Keogh as well has been has been you know uh, has been fantastic for them too. Uh, you know the games that they are losing as well. They're not they're not losing incredibly. Um, uh, so their defense could be could be difficult for us to break through. And let's not forget what Mate Vidra can do against us too. It's a it's going to be an odd one. It is going to be an odd one. But um, I think statistics and. Uh, previews and information, it all gets chucked out the window, mate, because it's a full Villa Park. Wolves didn't mm. have this great, you know, and Derby again. And this is a Derby team that are quite frail. And I don't I, I don't mean that in a negative way, and I'm not shitting on them, but they do collapse. They, they have, they, they are very flimsy. And despite all the talent in that team, they do sway with the wind, whichever way the wind blows. And I, I think Gary Wright's done a very good job there. I think they're fighting at least for promotion, maybe not this season, but definitely next season. The, the, in that atmosphere, mate, I can't see him. I can't see him doing it. Well, look, let's be honest, right? Their attack is very unbalanced, right? If we do manage to score the first goal, uh, they will bottle it. Derby will not be able to 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 handle it because a lot of their creativity is rooted in sort of playing very very narrow I guess and a lot of their yeah a lot of their a lot of their creativity goes through the center um now if we obviously stick a Jedinak or a Bjarnison in there they're going to struggle to to do that because somebody's going to stay on Vidra the way that they're likely to play is with Wyman and Lawrence out wide um now Wyman we know Andy Wyman uh, can finish, you know, is, you know, does like to run around quite a lot, does give you something, but creatively, uh, I wouldn't say he's the best. Uh, same with Tom Lawrence, probably. I don't think he's an amazing creative player. Matty Vidra and David Nugent, obviously, they could obviously start for, for Derby County as well. Uh, personally, I don't see them being too much of a danger for our defence. 
as long as we stay solid and we stay on them. So I would say that, you know, we, we should be keeping a clean sheet against them. Well, thanks for that. I think uh, you've very given a very informed view of Gary Wright's derby, mate. But I really think uh, what you're saying, I can't see him doing it. I can't see him doing it at all. So I want your prediction, man. You are the champ so far. I have got to pull a blinder if I'm going to catch you up, mate. I'm going to have to uh, hope Villa qualify for the playoffs. And I'm going to have to get this one right, the Millwall result right, both the playoff things right, and the player final. Well, look, they altered their formation slightly against, uh, against uh, who was it, Cardiff this week. They played with three at the back uh, and they did offer something. Andre Wisdom got two assists from right wing back. Uh, so that's something to look out for. And Cameron Jerome, of course, scoring two goals. Wouldn't he love to carry on his form against a side who are rivals to his former team, Birmingham City? There is a chance that Cameron Jerome... Um, We'll, we'll, we'll do something against us. Uh, if Derby do play that kind of formation, do I see it being an issue? No, not really. Uh, I think that we're very good at dealing with that kind of, with that kind of thing, um, especially because it means that once we're past the wingback, once Adoma manages to shred one of the wingbacks, uh, we're, we're basically home and dry and a three-man defense should collapse towards it. I'm thinking that, I think Derby will be able to score at some point. I personally think we might actually go down um, so I'm going to go with a slender 2-1 victory. Oh, I'm going for 2-0. I'm going for 2-0, mate. I think that um, Derby are impressive. Garrow's done a good job. They performed very well and highly, and I thank them for what they did to Cardiff. But it's a different kettle of fish, and I think Villa, they've going to ride out the season on high. I'm not, I'm not uh, fearing Derby. They're very similar to Ipswich, I feel, and very, very similar. But uh, they're not that frail. They, they are, mate. They lost. They got twatted. They've been battered all, all 2018, mate. And they, they should have. If uh, you look at what they were doing in 2017, as we come to the end of that year, they were. They were the team where everyone was saying we're going to have to fight for second. Look at the, they're barely scraping the playoffs. Yeah, I understand that, but they have been getting some wins under their belt. They are just very, very hot and cold. They don't seem to draw games. They they either win or they or they lose. Um, I am very glad that I'm very glad that they beat Cardiff though. To be fair, so I mean, I mean they 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 I think Cardiff as well brought it upon themselves. Did you see the video that Sean Morrison released? Yeah, that's before what the game. I'm going to say though is that they beat. Cardiff because Cardiff were ripping the piss out of them. I think that is a game they had no choice but to turn that. That is a game where right. naturally you would be performing at levels beyond your even expectations because you you'd been ratted on by their manager. One of their players was weirdly, oddly like little goblin. Who who is he? Sean Morrison. Was it Sean Morrison? Uh, yeah. yeah, weird little goblin man yeah. taking the piss out of you. I don't get it. I don't get it because. Did did they want Derby Wait. to win? Well, listen to this. Listen to this, right? Let's let, let's you know. Did, hang on, I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it for a second, right? Uh, this is just it's just absolutely stupid. Wait. Hi, Richard. Richie. Uh, I'll only play a couple of seconds. Um, you're a mug. You run. Oh, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Oh yeah, I really want the ball. And I get the ball and I just dribble as fast as I can, 10 yards, and then just cut back into the other centre-half because I'm shit at football. Oh. How, how childish is that? How 
how childish is that, James? No, that's that's incredible. That's embarrassing. That's really shockingly embarrassing. Well, it's just like it's you're 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 acting like a kid, you know, on a football pitch. Um, <laughs> like I, I just it, it beggars belief, right? After all the criticism they were receiving, out of you know, after the last few games where they have been bottling it, right? Let's you know, let no doubt about it. Cardiff City should be absolutely home and dry by now, right? From the position that they were in, but they did, but they're not, right? And it's all been down to the fact that there has been serious negativity coming out of that team. That is not how you get promoted. That is not how you are successful. That's not how you become successful. Look, they might well get promoted, right? But <laughs> believe you me, right? They are not staying up if they do. They don't have the attitude for it. They don't have the bottle for it. They've done well so far. They've scored a lot of late goals late on, whatever, right? But uh, nobody's going to like them at the end of the day. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those teams. Teams are just going to want to cut them down now. They've brought it upon themselves. Nobody, nobody is going to sit back against Cardiff City now. Um, I've just been messaged on Twitter by Glenn Whelan's wife. Oh, have you? How come? Because I was taking the piss out of Glenn Whelan. Oh my gosh, James! <laughs> nah, she's, what she's, have you? What's her? She was fine. Um, I, do you know who has been gluing the shoes to lockers in the Villa changing room, mate? You know that prank that's been going on. Who is it's it? Glenn Whelan. Like. Is that what is that what you were taking them? Yeah, in? I was like, he don't do fun, and she was like, you you don't judge a book by a cover, do you? Laughing emoji. So, uh, oh, wow. okay. I don't know how she fucking found me. <laughs> but, uh, Glenn, Glenn Whelan's wife has messaged you on Twitter. That's funny. That's quite funny. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for prediction of two 0 against Derby. I hope they get smashed by us. Um, I hope I, I we go up. Whilst we're on the topic of Glenn Whelan, right? People have absolutely ripped into him. Tell me who has run the last two games for Villa. Glenn Whelan, mate. Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan has run it. Absolutely run it, hasn't he? So, fair play to him. He's, he's come out of nowhere again. Um, and it, you know what? It's just a fact. We win more games when he plays. It's just... It's a fact. I'm, I'm, no, I'm glad. I'm glad because, I, you know, one thing I love is when you criticise a player and he turns it on. I don't like constantly going, oh, he had a bad game, oh, he had a bad game, oh, he had a bad game, oh, he had a bad game. He has turned it on, and uh, I'm really thinking that it's not like a masterstroke signing. I think he's done a solid job, and uh, especially at the business end of the season. I know it's it's a foregone conclusion against Ipswich and against Leeds, but still, those points, if you if Villa finish second, you look back and go, who won those points of Villa? And it's Lewis Grabman, Josh Onoma, and Glenn Whelan. Yeah, and look, right? Look, we you can criticize players uh, when they play badly. There is nothing wrong with that, right? It's just if if a player plays badly, if they don't perform well, right? We're a football podcast, James. Uh, there are plenty of other football podcasts out there. Believe it or not, when we look at games, we have to say who played well and who didn't play well, right? The the real characters, though, and the real thing that shows is when a player who plays badly and is criticized comes back and performs. And that's something that, 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 that good teams are made of. When players play badly and come straight back from it and don't go into serious dips of form where they never come back from it. Class is permanent and form is temporary. I've mixed the two of them up. I should have said it the other way around. But, uh, you know, as I say, maybe on another day I would have got it right. Because guess what? You know, form is temporary. Class is permanent. Oh, it, it, it's it's 
good signs, mate. It's good signs. And uh, I've been reminded of a lot tonight. And what I have been reminded of is uh, in a Twitter conversation, actually, is the article by Mohammed Butt on uh, HITC of um, Gabby Bonghor will be essential to Aston Villa's Premier League campaign if they are to go up. And uh, how wrong could you be? How wrong could you be? Listen, man, if that's what Mohammed thinks, no, you know, let him think that. Fair play to Mohammed, but uh, have you ever watched an Aston Villa football game? Christ alive. Mate, listen, all right. Gabby Agbonlaho is our all-time Premier League scorer, isn't he? Yeah, by default. I think if I played 322 games with Villa, I think I'd be able to match that. The the numbers don't lie, James. All right, he he may not he may he may not be playing well in the championship, but he's clearly more suited to the Premier League. But his contract up, he's going, he's gone. Sign him up. No, he's gone. Um, he did post on Instagram. We'll end on this, mate. Uh, sad note. He did post on Instagram. Uh, last game at Villa Park this Saturday will be. I think it was memorable or emotional. So it is his like yes, his last home game, really? mate. Yeah, it's his last home game on a Saturday. Jeez, this is Gabby's man. last stand. I don't know if he, I don't think he'll be in the squad or anything. So it it has ended on a a rather sad note, really. He should he should he really should get a testimonial. He will get. A, I don't. There's care. no doubt. No doubt in my mind that he won't. He will because he's done. He's done a lot of charity work. He won an award for his charity work in the uh, Villa end of season award show. We'll we'll do our own yeah. awards at the end of the actual season, mate. Don't worry. But um, oh my gosh, I can't. He won a community award because of his work with Mo and Eunice and all that, and how many bought the steward or them Christmas presents. He's done a he's done a really good job off the pitch, and I think it's I'm, it's, I'm glad the club have rewarded him. But to end on a note like this just feels a bit off. Well, look, people, look, I think it's just worth celebrating. You know, not not that, not that he's leaving, but that he's obviously taken it in his stride. You know, sometimes players do fade away. Sometimes players you know, struggle to get back into teams, right? What what those players end up doing is they end up moving on. They end up going to other sides and, you know, perhaps they perhaps they do better there. Perhaps they, they, they get it back. Gabby strikes me as a player who likes playing in the Premier League, like playing at the top level. He always pushed himself to, to play to a higher level than perhaps he was suited to. Um, and, you know, almost, you know, always, always performed better than he should have been, right? Uh, he always showed a lot of passion on the pitch, and I'm not sure he could show that same passion for another club. I think that's what a lot of people feel. And I perhaps, you know, think that that's what, what he feels as well. But as you say, a lot of players, when they do, you know, sort of fade away and can't make it into sides, uh, they end up falling off and perhaps not doing anything. Perhaps they end up just going ahead and being footballers uh, with, with lots of money that don't play football. Right. But Gabby, fair play to him, has gone ahead and done a lot of community work. And that has to be commended. And if he's not supporting us on the pitch, if he's not uh, if he's not winning things for us on the pitch, he's wor- he's winning things for us off the pitch. And he is certainly certainly promoting the club in a good light. So I have to say that his role has been just as important as those players out on the pitch who are winning football games for us. So um, that's what I have to say for him. And well done to him for winning that community award. He deserves a testimonial um, 100%. I don't care how many off days we've seen from him. I don't care how, you know, how topsy-turvy his relationship with the fans have been. He has given everything to Aston Villa for years and years and years. Uh, No player has stayed that long with us for a very long time. Um, Let's give him something to remember us by.
Yeah, can't, I can't put it better than that, mate. I hope he gets his testimonial. I, I, you know, if he is in a match day squad for whatever reason, I hope he does make some kind of impact. Um, I'm not holding my, my, maybe that's too emotional. Maybe I'm thinking too much in a semantics there. Maybe I'm going too deep into it, but, uh, you know, he, he was a, a strong player in the formative years of my villa following. So I hope there's maybe just one more. Maybe I'm just thinking a bit too dramatic about it. But hey, that's that's how this uh, we're, we're that's why we're all involved in this to see the stories and uh maybe some of them don't get that massive happy ending, I guess. But uh, well, I think that's that's just the way the way it all folds down, isn't it, mate? I guess so. And I and I could see him ending up with a coaching role at some point anyway. I could see him doing something. He'll end up with a role in the club. I, I hope we do offer him something, um, some sort of a job, even if it is as a sort of community liaison role. Uh, th- those kinds of roles do exist within within clubs. And as I say, I'm going to say it again, right? The things that make a football team, it's not just the players on the pitch, right? You look around, you look at so many of the personalities backstage. You know, you look at the fact that we even have a groundsman of the year award, and we have numerous groundsman of the year awards. You know, all of these things are important for making the club run. Um, so uh, yeah, look, the, the, the club going out and doing effective charity work, him going ahead and, and doing that, uh, it, it all, all helps Villa run like a well-oiled machine and football is more than just the game that is on the pitch. Oh, so again, I, what I'm going to say, mate, what I'm going to repeat, I can't pull it much better than that. I think that's it for today, man. Uh, we'll see everyone after the uh, derby. I think you're predicting a two one, aren't you? Yeah, I'm predicting a 2-1. I'm predicting a 2-1, yeah. Uh, whatever we do, we'll do better than Cardiff did. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll so, go for the 2-0. Uh, I don't think they'll score. And uh, we'll uh, break that game down for you on Sunday when we return after the Derby game. And where can people find you, mate? Right, look, you know how like I've been I, I've been waiting for something to promote? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at DHRazza. Uh, I have released a teaser trailer for my documentary that I am releasing. This is nothing to do with football, by the way, uh, but I'm releasing a documentary um, on an interesting topic, an in- uh, a topic close to me. Believe it or not, a lot of soldiers uh, from the from from India served in the First World War and, uh, and the Second World War. If you didn't know that, I don't blame you. Uh, but I released a short documentary on how well Britain memorializes it. It's just a short one. Uh, but if you are interested in checking that out, I've released a trailer for it on my Twitter at DH Raza. Um and yeah like and share and just see some of the other stuff that I'm involved in definitely go check that out you can find me at Jamo Russian you can find the the main at 7500 assault <laughs> fuck that up did I um, you- 7500 assault <laughs> okay no you can Jeez. you can find uh, 7500 to halt at 7500 to halt of course and we'll catch you next Sunday where hopefully I won't be getting so tongue tied uh, see you after derby goodbye <laughs>